Hello. And welcome back to the room that, that we created. created. Woohoo, woohoo. Louder, 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 louder. Louder, louder. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, we have a live audience today. I'm so afraid the laptop's going to fall. Molly, can you like push it back like an inch? So we got uh, Molly yeah. behind the camera. Yeah, that looks better uh-huh. too. Say hi, Molly. Say it, say it louder so the mic picks it up. Hi, guys. Yeah, there you go. Um, and now we have special guests no peak, who brother. flew out all the way Wah. from Connecticut um, just to be on this podcast. 100%. Um, and we're here for one day. I'm sipping on beach plum. Beach plum and tequila. And uh, Zach is sitting there. What's going on, buddy? Yo. There we go. I peaked the mic quite heavily when I cracked open my LaCroix. I actually put it right up. I put it right up to the can. It, but that's what I'm saying. I noticed that and I saw it didn't peak. And I was like, what's going on? What's oh, going on with the levels? okay. So uh, here we have God damn, that's fucking good. my best friend, Calvin. Hi, I'm Calvin. I'm, I'm here today and I'm very excited. And uh, Calvin's partner, Salem. Hello. That's all I got. I'm Salem. Um, so these two people are uh, diehard fans of the podcast. They listen to every episode. And um, this is, this is, we're international. We have international li- listeners. Call us yes. Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. and Mrs. Internationals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, I don't know. What did we want to talk about today? What did we want to kind of get into? Because we have a couple um, different people here today, and we have a more more sauce and more juice to, to drink and sip on. And, and We are saucing with the juice today. Uh, and I thought we should open up by talking about uh, your show this last oh, weekend. okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I did post, I live streamed it to the Instagram account, a lot of it. That's right. Yeah, there was a 22-minute video up in the, the room that we created Instagram of my show. And also, Matteo Amaretto, official on Instagram, has a lot of footage of the show on it. I just released an album called The Crimson Sunset. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast, I think, in uh, the Religion and Spirituality Part 2 episode. I was making it. We talked about that. We talked about it in the music episode a little bit. But it's out now. It's finally done. Two years in the making. And I made it with my, uh, my older brother, Polly. I performed it with him and my bassist Jonesy, and uh, our second album is in the, in the is one for the books now. What did you guys think of the show? It you guys have probably more interesting things to amazing. say about it than it I did. Fucking amazing! I think. Oh yeah. yeah, so I didn't. We didn't even mention this. I did an album release show for the album. The album. So album. it opens up. Um, the the curtains open and and Maddie is on stage with Aiden and Polly and they're all in matching, fucking outfits. It is the and they're all just sitting on the stage crisscross applesauce and it's r- apple juice and it's really fucking cool because well, if, you, if you guys haven't heard this go listen to the song title by disaster piece it it was made for the it follows movie and that's what i used for for the opening music so when the house lights went out we played disaster piece title and at the drop of that the curtains are closed and then and like at the drop it goes like dun 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 dun, 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 and at that drop, the curtains open. I was wearing ceremonial Chinese funeral robes, 
with a giant cross and a giant yin yang necklace, like it, in my it priest was fucking outfit. Like Robert Plant esque. Yeah, I was. It was yeah, so yeah. Because a lot of the album is very religious to me, and I, you know, it was very. It's a Taoist uh, traditional garb, well, and then Paul and Aiden were wearing matching crimson shirts and uh, black ties and suspenders, and like big ass nice red shoes. And the album opens with like a reference to the the album A Crow Looked at Me with like Death Is Real, and I noticed that. I was I was interested to see how you're gonna do it if you're gonna play the album top to bottom or what you're gonna do, um, but you actually you threw in it like references to certain lines from that song. I remember there was one song that you were in the middle of saying and you were kind of just ad libbing things and you were like death is real and you kind of threw in a reference to it and I thought it was cool. But you actually did a lot of covers and stuff or a few covers, but it wasn't yeah, it quite was, top to bottom like that. It was ten originals, four covers. Yeah, and. One of the originals was not from Crimson, so we did nine songs from Crimson, right? And then, uh, yeah, we did nine crim, nine, nine crim, cr- one nine from cr- one nine from cramp. nine cramp. We did none from Hollywood, but we did nine from Cramp, and then one f- that hasn't been released yet, and um, that we're just working on. And then we did four covers. The four covers were Nagoya by It Looks Sad, Hello I'm in Delaware by City City in Color. Angel of Eighth Avenue by Gang of Youths. That was a really cool cover for you guys. To do. That was fun as fuck. And I can't remember the fourth. Ronnie like screamed. Was, oh, Pink Skies by Wiley from uh, Atlanta. Crazy thing about this 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 show is that Keanu Reeves showed up. <laughs> yeah, Keanu showed up. He was there in the back the whole time. He was just watching, lurking. He had his arm up. He was like, yeah. Scary. He was getting this, it. This is so cool. Wow! Fucking doing the Miami oh my scene. god! He was doing the Miami scene. He was looking for it. Uh, you know, you guys know Kevin. He was on the creative writing episode that we did. Kevin graduated from college, and so um, we bought him a uh, giant, like six foot tall Keanu Reeves cutout. And uh, it's life size. Yeah, yeah, it was life size. Whatever it was, six, and it was two, even six, like a little bigger like than life size because it had like a bit of an outline shadow. Yeah, so it's like bulky it's fucking like, thing. It was big. Yeah, yeah, it was his real height, and then plus some um, because of the inch. stuff on it. And then, um, but yeah, we get to see. We don't get to see Kevin as often as we'd like. So I was like, oh well, he's gonna be at the show. So this is this is when I'm gonna give him the present. Mm-hmm. And like it was like like me, you, and Michaela, and Paul, and Zeke, and everyone put like five bucks towards it because it was a fucking seventy dollars. It was seventy dollars. Yeah. Um, so we only end up spending five bucks on the present. So if you get that many people to chip in, it was cool. But anyway, he opened it at the show at, at admissions. And I was like, he, uh, he was going to put it in his car, like set him up in the audience. And he did. And there were way more people there than I thought we were, there were going to be. Admissions were five bucks, and we made three hundred dollars at doors. It was a it was a good sized crowd. It was a good sized cool. crowd. So Keanu wasn't like in. He was in the back, and he scared the fuck out of me while I was performing because all I saw was this like red light of this giant dude just not moving at all, <laughs> like with his hand. I, and up. I have these pictures of him that I took on accident, but it, it it's like a, a optical illusion where his hand looks so fucking small, and another one where it looks huge. And I'll I'll throw that up on the screen yeah, right now because it's fucking hilarious. Um, what do you guys? About the show? Just about anything. The show. <laughs> Talk about how was, how was you got here from Connecticut. Yeah, how has your experience in Maynardville been? Uh, uh, Calvin was was raised in Maynardville. Uh, yeah, I was I was 
born born and raised here. I, well, born no. near near ish. <laughs> but um, on Staff Mountain I was born, I suppose. Yeah. But um And we became best friends about a year before you moved to Connecticut. Yes. Um, not even a year. Like four months before I moved is when we really started to bond. When did you move? I moved April and we became friends like friends January yeah you're right yeah. you're right you're right we became like real friends then yeah, yeah okay because we met in 2018 at one of your shows hosted at the same place that the Crimson show was at yeah and then we became best friends okay so what was it like returning home and and you know basking in in the what was it like um showing your partner who who has no um reference to what Maynardville is like besides you what was it like <laughs> introducing them to all the shit so can I hold it yeah how far away do I hold it that's probably just, good. Comfortable. Okay. <laughs> just be comfortable um, with it so Salem is born and raised from Connecticut and I live there now and I met them and you know it's dope but man Connecticut's tough it's, it's a so tough nice. city to live in it's a city <laughs> to yeah. state yeah. to yeah. live in and everywhere we go, Salem was like, this happened there, and this happened there, and I did this here, and people live there. And doing that out here has been just so much fun. Like, I get to just drive around the place that I've lived most of my life and just be like, hey, over there, I once saw a man get shot. Like, <laughs> true Maynardville thing. <laughs> yeah, the, differ the difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over there, I watched a woman uh, go through the Taco Bell drive-thru. <laughs> The trans woman there. Yeah, I know. There's four trans people in Maynardville, and one of them pistol whipped a dude <laughs> at the top. Oh, I said the name of the town, Taco Bell. We live in, <laughs> and everyone here is from fucking. But everyone here is like, my address is Arizona. You censor that. It's gonna sound so fucking funny. <laughs> Just like everyone here is a fucking. <laughs> I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna censor it with something funny, not even just a beep. Just like a fucking soundbite. <laughs> just like the Taco Bell dong. The dong. Yeah. Everyone here is a fucking dong dong. Don't drop that dun to that. Oh my god. But yeah, it's been amazing. You know, I got to meet new people out here and. And I, and I got to see everyone I love. I got to spend time with my brother. And then I got to show Salem a real river. <laughs> I've been to a real river before. The L.A. River doesn't count. The, okay, the, the L.A. River. Okay, so Calvin is the one that I went to. I think I talked about my L.A. trip on this pod once or twice. Yeah, yeah did I? I did? Okay, yeah, you would know better. You went to the wrong, the wrong drive. Elevator. Yeah, we went to the wrong drive hotel. Anyway, the L.A. River um, is gross. Yeah, and I know that's it's a just a place stupid, where homeless people piss. Yeah, I I know it's a stupid ass thing to say. Anyone who's from LA is like, no shit. Like but like, I've never been to LA before, so like, yeah, the, the LA River. I was expecting drive, and it was more like, uh, walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, the LA River's disgusting. It's entirely piss. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah. The water <laughs> in the river piss. is piss. That's just, what it is. It's just it slurm was. from future I, I almost swam. I didn't actually do it. My father wouldn't let me. For obvious reasons, but I tried really hard. It's <laughs> piss, piss, piss. It's like the most like, I don't believe that he didn't let you do that. Out of the things that he has let you do. <laughs> well, at that point, he was convinced I couldn't swim. Oh. Which I can't. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a matter of health and, and uh, 
it was a matter of safety. It was a matter yeah. of he'd already thrown me in a pool once and I drowned and so like. Well, well it's because you were a fucking top. But you were a newborn. Oh my god! I was twelve. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> like, his dad's like, this kid can't fucking. Just, swim. He just he just <laughs> the doctor handed you to your dad and then he just fucking took off and ran, got in the car, just fucking drove, just threw you in a, a river. Then he's like, soon as possible. He can't swim. The LA River as soon as possible. That's what that's what we call an LA baptism. He's like, yeah, yeah, you get you get shot out of your mom's cooter into the LA River and then. <laughs> Like a straight shot. <laughs> yeah, then where you wash up is like it's like the LA equivalent of your zodiac sign. Yeah. Like, it's like if you end up if like, you live if you end up at Kanye's house, you're a Gemini. Yeah, right, 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 right. Of course. That's how Northy, you know. Um, Salem, what are your impressions of uh, Maynardville and like the the scene and everything? It's dry and it's brown. And that's all I've been able to say because it's just too much of an experience for me. Um, I was talking to, can I say real names? Yeah. Okay. I was talking to Lincoln about the, um, yeah, they know Lincoln. Iceberg. Okay. Um, about the iceberg. And he says that I'm on like tier three and a half and I'm like, Okay. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. The thing is, though, you're getting the Maynardville perspective from us, which are people that are involved in primarily like the music scene, Mm -hmm. the barely existent queer scene, and are poor. You know, (laughs) there is there is a rich culture here, and there's especially a rich culture from the runoff of. And we say those names. Uh, I'll just like blur them out and make them something funny. Okay, but like those two cities are actually really fucking interesting places. Getting oh my god, Maynardville is getting there. Well, the thing is, we get the fucking and then the poor runoff that can no longer afford to live in are like just as crazy, but like like not as educated, and so it becomes like this fucking disturbing dystopian plastic shaman place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does, but there's also like. I feel like Maynardville is getting there because of what Maynard is doing. You know, yeah. it's becoming more of a spot on the map, which is a good thing and a bad thing. You know, yeah, he's Pe- kicking people out of their houses. Yeah, the, the prices go up. Yeah, yeah, the housing crisis is brutal um, here. Um, Jerome is an act- a place with a lot of rich culture. Sedona is a place with a lot of rich culture, but you get a ton of fucking, like. Yeah, straight up uneducated, trust fund babies, white women. Dude, my mom in Sedona that just think that they are for whatever reason they're like actual shamanic. Like, well, dude, get this shit. My mom, uh, she she manages properties, right? Like, she she orders like people to go out and clean shit up at apartments, right? Mm-hmm. And this, she's on the phone with this woman, and this woman is is talking to her and my mom's just letting her rant like they call my mom they just fucking rant to her and she starts talking but she's like hold on i need to channel kuan yin to to know my what i'm supposed to do in this situation is what the woman said to my mom right that she needs to channel kuan yin as if kuan yin's just gonna come through her and then on the phone she starts like live channeling kuan yin <laughs> like oh kuan yin is saying like a fucking dr oz special like i'm getting a your relative name starts with a f- g- 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 Henry. Henry, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's just it, it's, that's it, Henry. There are like dead religions that are somehow alive because of white women. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yes. 
And what's so fucked up is there is actually like a rich spiritual culture because of the Yavapai Apache out there, you know? And like, no one thinks of that when they think of like, no one thinks of that when they like, they think of the, the crystal mommy shit. And it's like, you know, there actually is some like grassroots indigenous spirituality there, but it's not at all the aesthetics that you think it is, you know, it's like, it's very real, you know, and it's very earthy and it's very dark and it's very interesting. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was one of the reasons this place appealed to my mom so much because we're from Long Island, but my mom is native and she really liked the Apache people out here. But anyway, the point, how do you, okay. This kind of segues into something I wanted you to get into a bit, Salem, because you're, you're, you're a practitioner. I am. Um, very loosely. Very loosely. Okay. Well, as am I like extremely loosely. <laughs> Give me something. Go. Else. <laughs> Go. Go. Pra- wait, practitioner of what? Magic and witchcraft and, okay. and various things. Do you have a school of thought that you subscribe to, or is it um, more like aggregating just the idea of magic? Just to describe it to people, I say Wiccan. I don't say pagan okay. at all. Um, it's. I don't know how to describe it really. I make spell jars and I do tarot and I have a book of shadows and that kind of thing. What else do I do, Cal? I just what is a book of shadows? Um, it is a book where you write down all of your magic and all of your experiences with magic and it's a very private thing. You don't show it off to people. Um, Read the whole thing on this podcast right now. <laughs> I will. I will show yeah, you. Read it. Read it. Oh, read that's it. a great honor. I don't. I don't expect. Life, you to do life that truly at all. is an RPG, and you can just pick mage. Yeah. You yeah, can. Exactly. You can just do that. What d- can you describe to me? Like what? I know this is so. This is a stupid question, but I'm really interested to hear your answer to it because the equivalent of asking uh, what I imagine. The equivalent of this question to you is towards me would be like me to define what she is, you know, but like to what what is magic to you? What is the experience of magic? How does it move through our world and how can you interact with it? And and how do you use it? Because it's something that's ever present. Yeah. Um, So I use auras and energy (laughs) very often. Um, so like I'm able to see the energy around a person once okay. I know them. Um, and I use that to be able to base things off of, um, Kyle knows I do Reiki sometimes. He, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I know. Reiki, Reiki's, I was in a band called Muddy Rabbit, um, for like a couple months. Those guys are amazing. I, I had to quit because I didn't have enough time. Uh, to be in it, but um, love those guys. Anyway, the drummer was a Reiki practitioner, and he didn't talk much. He was a very, very pragmatic dude and a very, like, it, like if you had one conversation with him, you'd assume this guy is an atheist, like a, a very, like, material, because he's very, like, I don't know, why don't people like this and that, but then you get to know him a little bit, and every once in a while, he just says the dopest shit you've ever heard, and he was a Reiki practitioner, and he talked about how you can focus your attention to a certain part of your body, right? Like where you're not feeling your hands, but now as soon as I said that, you can feel your hands, which means your consciousness goes there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can feel it, and then you can think about your pepis, and then you can you feel your pepis, you know? <laughs> yeah. Butthole, yeah. Uh, eyeballs, armpit. Bungus, shlebo, Yeah, all parts. You can move your attention around your body. It says uh, doing Reiki 
and um, astral work and stuff like that is basically like, can you extend your consciousness all the way to like your fingertips and then it goes out yeah. even further, yeah. you know, to now where you're over there, the thing you know, and that's yeah. the thing that I imagine magic is like, it's like focusing your attention and using certain symbology and smells and sounds and colors and all the things is like spellcraft is just manipulating imagery and words and, and consciousness and your attention to change another person's consciousness or to change the material world in some way, you know, which at bare minimum definitely exists at least psychologically because that's what fucking talking is. It's manipulating sound to change consciousness. That's spellcraft. You know, that's what doing a show is. You're setting up all these lights and you're, it's a ceremony. You're doing a fucking giant like ceremonial magic situation that's what church is that's what music is it's you know you're manipulating things to have this effect and do you think it that magic extends beyond you know this the change in consciousness that it has on another person that witnesses the spell do you think it goes beyond that like you can you can do a spell in your private life that can affect your I don't know, I guess what the Hindus would call Maya in this world. Like, it can, you can change your path. Um, somewhat. I, we had an experience around Christmas time that I had to do some magic to make sure that we would be protected. Um, and it was, I don't know the right kind of word for it. Other than protecting us just kind of making sure that no energy sent towards us was able to get into even close to our aura and our energy around us um so i just made us little spell jars that we wore as necklaces while we had to experience what we experienced and then made them to protect your house and stuff like that um and i was able to the person we were experiencing was far away at that point and I was able to like cast away his energy from there kind of thing. And it worked great. <laughs> it did. Damn. Um but with the focusing your energy into certain types or certain parts of your body kind of thing, I always kind of do that with my hands. Um, I have a fun little thing where when I'm really cold or I'm really hot, I can take a warm part of my body, like my chest, and I can focus that heat into my hands that are really cold. <laughs> I used to do that in like uh, marching band. Kind that's of thing. badass. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. baller. It's, it's that's really a very cool. Taoist. That's very in line with a lot of the things I try to practice as a Taoist too. And, and that's what I've noticed about like Taoism is very compatible with a lot of folk, folksy religion. You know, because it's just so, Earth is so important. Like, right. the actual literal physical planet is so important in Taoism. And um, space, too. Like, stars and stuff like that. And uh, I've always been very, very drawn to it. I've always had, I've always felt like I didn't have enough room for magic in my practice. I've always, like, learning about the world religions and, and doing research and shit like that. I've always felt that, like, folkloric kind of religions and magic and stuff like that as a practice I never had room for in my life mm -hmm. just because I'm, I'm already trying to cram so much knowledge in and like I, I read a lot and Taoism is something that you know 
I'll never be good at, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know, but I'll, but it intrigues me a lot. I think it's beautiful, and I think as a performer, that's a form of cere- ceremonial magic, mm-hmm. you know, like certainly. And and I've always wondered if if I were to get into the more um, magical elements of Taoism, that it would prefer, improve my shows a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because I'd be doing this like. Because I pray with my band every time I perform. Like, you know, when me, me and Jonesy and Polly, before we got on stage, we sat down and prayed, you know. And uh, I feel like it helps. It helps a lot. It just makes me feel safer, you know. This reminds me of, there's this Alan Watts uh, kind of idea. I don't, I don't know if it's really his idea, but I've heard him talk about it, where a lot of anxiety stems from not being able to discern whether you're doing things or things are like just happening to you. Mm. Just not being able to discern whether the universe is just like having things happen to you or you're doing them themselves or bringing them on. And that, that kind of confusion causes anxiety. And he was like, well, think about breathing. If you think about your breathing, you're doing the breathing. But if you stop thinking about the breathing, you know, you're still breathing subconsciously so it's both it's both and you can shift your attention to that and that's why the idea um in a lot of these practices that breath is is a big key to these things it's because breath can be a reminder that you are the universe and the universe is within you and that you don't think of the apples as separate from the apple tree is in their systematic nature to be linked Mm. yeah no that's 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 based. That is based. <laughs> like, that's based. But damn, that's that's kind of fucking crazy about the Reiki thing. Because I don't even know if I've talked about this, but my mom is a she's a she, before COVID she had a she's a Reiki master. That's what she did. That's how mm-hmm. she made her living. But she l- worked over in Poland on kids with cancer for like ten years. I think that's so cool. Wow. Yeah. And your mom is also like a ten. <laughs> She's a ten, sir. Thanks, man. Uh, your mom is like appreciate it. I would, dude, let her. Welcome back. To I would let. I would let your mom shift my consciousness created. anywhere uh, she liked. The room that we created. Everybody's drown Maddie out, please. Let me talk about what I want to do to your mom. Oh my god, oh my god. Calvin yeah, and my dude, you're, mom you're have out, gone. You are outnumbered. You are outnumbered. If you guys took one, you've said you've seen Zach's mother. No. I'm just saying, like the Reiki, like. She Reiki on. She um, Reiki's nuts. She, she Reiki's nuts. Reiki's nuts. I'm trying to do a Reiki innuendo thing. It's not really working out. She moved the energy from my balls to the tip of my painter. <laughs> Who does? Your, Who does? To the. Who? All right, uh, Calvin. Go. <laughs> um. Talk about how we met and, and our, our story. This is th- okay. This is a good story. This is a good story. So, in 2018, the summer, Maddie had their first show. I I was just a, I was a wee little lad. I I was I was a, a little guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been here, just, I've been yeah. Stiff all week. So basically, <laughs> yeah, my mom will do that to you. I need Zach's mom now. All right. So Zach, please, I need I need your mom right now. Okay, 
So in the summer of 2018, you're tangled. In the summer of 2018, <laughs> there you go. Maddie and I met at their show, and we knew of each other. We we knew of each other, and we were, you know, like we were mutual acquaintances that had just positive feelings for each other. And then, um, later, years later, Maddie had another show that I decided to go to. And I went, and Maddie was there, and it we just... It show. Why wouldn't she be there? <laughs> okay, okay, good I point. But you were there, you were there. Um, but it was great, and then we just started talking. We, we, we really started talking. And then every night for like a week after work, Maddie would come over, and we'd watch just like four movies every single night and we just ate snacks and then we'd go outside and just talk about it and then we'd watch the next movie we did not watch drive until after we came back from la together yeah 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 yeah, we watched drive for the first time after la because it was we were in la yeah because we were because we were in la yeah and then we became best friends and then uh we went to la together and it was literally the best time of my life Uh, what were the movies that we watched the first because because that was the, that, we, that was like beyond the music because you had been like yeah. a fan, you know that um, was what we connected over. Yeah, that was what connected because I didn't have any like movie friends at the time. Yeah, because before I met Zach, before I met Lincoln. So you know? I'm pretty sure the first time we ever hung out to watch a movie, I'm like 99 percent sure we watched The House That Jack Built, Jesus and then Christ. yeah, fucking yeah, Christ. we started off heavy. Wrong. We watched yeah, The House like, That Jack that's Built, like fucking. Oh my god, that's that's worse than fucking on the first date. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's like your first time hanging out with a friend. You watch the house that Jack. Built. Yeah, we watched the house that Jack built, and then I showed you. I want to say my own private Idaho. That's a great. Yeah. Was the first night because then no, no, later we watched. This is what's so horrible. We watched the house that Jack built and Mysterious Skin in the same. Yes, night. that was it. In the and same then, night. And if you guys don't know, Al Calvin. So I showed Calvin the house of Jack built and Calvin showed me mysterious skin. And we are both beliefs about movies is that Calvin believes that the house of Jack built is the most disturbing movie you've ever seen. Is that true? No. Oh, okay. Yes. Because I remember, I remember at the time, not, yeah, it at, was. The time. Yeah, at the time, it at the time, it absolutely was. I showed Calvin, I was like, isn't that great? And Calvin's like, that was fucking brilliant. But that was the, the worst thing I've ever seen. Like it was so disturbing. And I felt the same way about mysterious skin. Yeah. Cause we were both desensitized to these two movies, retro- like, um, respectively. That, like, by the we showed showing it to another person made us like realize how how the fucking horrible were. it was. Because I had seen the House of Jack built. I watch it like once a year. Yeah, me too. Me too. Oh fuck! But I can't watch Mysterious Skin. Yeah, again. I don't. I don't blame you. Like, I, Mysteri- I would never make you do that ever again. Because because the thing about the House of Jack built. Oh, if you can fucking stomach just extreme every. If you have ever been alive. You probably have a trigger that's like, you know, in this movie, in one of these movies. Um, The thing about the House of Jack Belt that makes it bearable for me is that there's a supernatural element to it. Yeah. That allows me to third person the the whole thing and just judge, you know. Um, And it's also like I've never really interacted with any serial killers in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not like – well, not that, that I know of. <laughs> not that I know of. But Mysterious Skin hits Casey a little closer. Sally. 
Jesus oh my god, you're right. Yeah, he Jesus was the serial killer. But my point is, there's no, there's nothing in that movie that that affects me yeah. in my story. I can watch it, although it's fucking horrible. Yeah. But Mysterious Skin. And here's the thing with Mysterious Skin is that it takes that supernatural sci-fi element and turns it into a coping mechanism that you yeah. then have to connect with because being at a, such a low point that you start imagining aliens is something that kind of well, has yeah. happened to all of us at one the point one, or another. The one, so Mysterious Skin, like, trigger warning right now. I'm going to give a brief, brief synopsis. Dude. How have you not seen either of these movies? Well, I, that's the thing. I don't know because I'm around people like Maddie, and I've heard these movies time and time again, but I have not seen. Death the Jackal is like a deep, deep meditation on evil, and it's also a giant metaphor for like becoming a toxic artist that fetishizes suffering for art. Okay, you know, well, isn't there just like a giant house made of bodies too? Yeah, yeah, that's that is, that's, that's briefly. That's there's a house made of bodies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. but um, in Mysterious Skin, it's about two kids that were um, a trigger warning, two kids that were. Um, M worded or R worded as well. Or I don't know. They were they were they were touched by their um, baseball coach. Baseball coach, and and it follows the two kids in adult life. And one of them is completely aware of what happened to him, and you know is now becomes a prostitute and like does drugs, and is just kind of like he's just rough, and he tries to deal with it as best he can. The other kid lives a completely comfortable like suburban life and has no idea that this happened to him. He thinks he was abducted by aliens. And it just he just zeroed in, and the two of them cross paths, and it's about like the whole the tagline of the movie is one can't remember, one can never forget. Yes, right? exactly. So that's the idea of the film. But the alien element of this kid, you don't really like know know that they were touched by their that, yeah their yeah, baseball yeah, yeah. coach until like halfway through the movie, and so you think there is an actual alien element to the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's kind of your comfort because you're watching a lot of disturbing shit before you even know what's really going on because of just. The trauma that this guy's witnessing as a prostitute. It's just yeah, a rough it's horrible. But then the one like element that's interesting enough for you to latch onto as a comfort, the alien thing just gets flipped on its head and it's yep. not even fucking real. Yeah. And like it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Oh god, that movie's fucked. Yeah, and that movie's just, hard to watch. It shows things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's bad. Like that movie. But it's a brilliant movie. And it has Joseph Gordon Levin in it. Yeah, young ass Joseph Gordon Levin. Yeah, he's my yeah. favorite actor of oh, all time. I've seen, I, I have fucking seen um, like bits of this actually. I have heard of this movie. Every once in a while, I find little clips of it on TikTok. That's what, yeah, that's what I just oh, fucking Oh, my seen. dad was able to find it, so we have it down now. Nice. So we can watch it again. It's a good film. It's a great it's a film. film. I don't think I can watch it again. I, I would never ask I'll you to. when I show my kids. I might. <laughs> the movie. He's going to adjust in his kids. <laughs> yeah. But. How, how old are you thinking before they can watch it? Like six, seven? Thirteen. Well, my dad decided that three years old was old enough to watch Repo Man, the genetic opera. So. Yeah, but Repo Man, I, I, I still believe that Repo Man is not that bad. I, you're just wrong. <laughs> oh, sit down. You believe that Repo Man is so bad because um, you were shown it when you were three years old. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it to a kid. That, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Like, that'll do it. Like watching somebody sing about his face getting torn off is like, you know, not the most like bedtime story for for a dude when guy. i was three i was yeah. scared as fucking crash box get yeah so what you were what there was like this one like crash box no it wasn't a crash box skit i don't know maybe it was what is crash box whoa dude crash box <laughs> crash box is gnarly it was this like old show 
um, that was kind of like these educate. It was like this total steampunk gothic like weird fucking show that would do like it's kind of like brain game exercises for kids, but it was all like claymation. It was kind of like Mark Twainy. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it was. There was. I was. The thing I was afraid of was from this like special called like Good Night. It was like a Good Night Moon special or something. Mm. There was something in it that I was like terrified of. Have you heard of the Great Bambino? Or it's called like I can't remember, but but it's one of those shows that you would see on like the Sci-Fi Channel that just like loops Buffy the Vampire Slayer and other re- <laughs> random <laughs> obscure <laughs> bullshit. That's all my dad watches, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, well, we we always joke. Jonesy, his dad is like a metal worker. And shit, and he will just like work all day in his own house, and like he's also a beekeeper, and he makes weapons, and he, he's just a very salt of the earth individual. And he's a Skyrim character. Yeah, he's a Skyrim character, and it, also the front door of his house is always open, and it's just kind of people just go there, and mm-hmm. it's great. Anyway, like you go in there, and the TV is always on, and it's always muted, and it's always playing the weirdest shit. Like, it's the History Channel, and and like other shit. So it'll every once in a while, the only semi-normal thing that like I could sit down and recognize is Buffy the Vampire Slayer will come on mm-hmm. but but most of the time it's like weird historical talks and then it's ancient aliens and then it's insane conspiracy no, shit it's the exact same stuff my dad cycles except my dad cycles it at max fucking volume <laughs> that's amazing yeah he just mutes it and then just puts it on and he's making his shit and I asked him once I was like what? and so we always have to tell every time something fucking we see something like bizarre we always say that's something that'd be playing on Mr. Jones TV you know <laughs> like and like because it'll be just like the shittiest like interdimensional cable <laughs> it's literally interdimensional cable yeah but but he was just like I don't know I mean I just it's cool to look at <laughs> every time I look up it's yeah. funny it's like it's like Monty Python but Conan, sci-fi it's shit like Conan, but Monty Python like. yeah yeah and it's bizarre it's bizarre That's as fuck. At three in the morning, and he's watching like how lizard people are in the pyramids and shit. And I'm like, go to sleep. Yeah, three in the morning. That's when you start thinking about that type of stuff. Someone's got a good grip on these hogs right now. Professional hog wrangler. Oh fuck! (laughs) So, um, (laughs) (laughs) the pod. Zach. <laughs> yeah. Calvin, when did I come out to you? I don't remember. Oh my it god. <laughs> it was on the drive to LA. We lasted maybe an hour before you came out to me on that trip. I thought that I came out to you before we you flew out for the LA trip. Because I'm pretty sure I, I remember Salem like interacting with me in some way when I came out to you. Really? Yeah. Huh. It might have it might have been before. We might have just not really like gotten into it until our LA trip. Cuz like I remember I cuz like Salem was talking about while while you were here about how like you have like pictures of me pre-transition. And we had never met in person yeah, I, until you came here this I this trip i have an instagram story from your birthday before you came out right okay so that means it had to have been before you flew out to la so yes. i came out to you over the phone yes absolutely yeah that must have been it then okay what was that experience like you already being trans for so long and then finding out that your best friend is experiencing that 
It was great. It was so great, because funny enough, when I came out, my best friend at the time was also trans. So, you know, I, I was kind of used to it. But when you came out to me, it was it was a moment for me. It was a very big and beautiful moment. And all I could feel in my heart was, like, pride and love and just, like, this admiration to... Because coming out is hard. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's not... Well, I, I'm the only reason I'm asking is because I've never had anyone come out to me. Really? Yeah, I've never had anybody come out to me, even as gay. All the people I know that are queer are, were already out, you know. Yeah, they were established, you know, they're old, they're old, old world queer, you know, like, like Carlo, my roommate, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, like, and, and, and Lincoln and, and everybody, you know, yeah, like, they were already queer when I met them. And so I just, I've never had the experience of someone like being like, hey, guess what? You know, I'm this. Maddie, hey, guess what? What? I, I'm, I'm, I'm trans. I'm I'm a guy. You're also a I'm a lesbian. I'm a ch- I'm a <laughs> you are a lesbian. Don't say that. People are gonna believe it. I'm a bisexual trans man. I just needed to pick a struggle and I did it. So you <laughs> you are transphobic because you don't identify as pansexual. What's that like? <laughs> what? Okay. So because you use the word bisexual instead of pansexual, Flip. you are transphobic. So what's that like being a trans and transphobic? It really is such a freeing experience because it means that no other trans people like me. <laughs> and it also means that like no one can ever hate you as much as you hate yourself. Exactly. So you're bulletproof. Exactly. I'm I'm basically invincible and I can say whatever I want and I can do but notice that I flip my hat backwards for this. <laughs> okay, obviously obviously I'm being fucking dumb as shit. That's a joke. But Salem, can you please explain what the fucking difference between pansexual and bisexual is cuz you identify as pants, correct? All right. Um It sounded dope. like you just said pants with pants. a T. You identify as pants. I do. <laughs> uh, I don't like wearing them, but I identify as it when. Because I feel like I'm the middle child between new queer and, and old queer. You know? Like, I feel... Uh, call me J. Cole. Dead in the middle of two generations. I'm a little bro. I'm a big bro that one. But, um, like, fucking... Like, Carlo is old queer. You know? He's not fucking old. But, like, he's, like, 90s L.A. queer. Yeah. You know? And you guys are very new queer. Yeah. You know, you guys are very, like, you know... You're very, you're very more enlightened about gender and and fluidity and everything like that, and that's obviously how I am. I'm like a gender fluid trans girl, you know. I use they, she, and whatever, but but there's still a couple of new things that I'm like, what the fuck? And I love it all. I'm all in for it, but I don't know a lot of it. And so a lot of the times I feel like with Carlo, Carlo's my roommate, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And sometimes he's like, you know, you you guys, yeah. I ran with him for a week. There's some shit that, and again, he's 100% accepting of all of it, but it's like, whoa, it blows your mind a little bit, you know, which is a nice place to be because it's it's good to be on the right side of history, but also yet have that exciting experiences of learning a bunch of new shit, you know? It's but I feel like, yeah, I feel like with the internet, generations move so rapidly now where it's like a three-year difference meant nothing as far as generations are concerned, but now it does, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so for me, I feel like I'm, I'm very much on the cusp of, you know, I was born in 2001, <laughs> so obviously, you know, like I remember YouTube coming out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and shit like that. Yeah. And uh, I just think, yeah, explain to me some of these, like some of the more niche concepts like uh, you know i this isn't as niche but yeah the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality from your perspective okay 
So it's a really easy definition, but a lot of people argue that there's literally no point to it. Um, bisexual is that you like more than one gender. That's it. Pansexual is that the gender does not matter. You're just attracted to people. So like bisexual people can like men and women. They can like men and non-binary people. Like, it's just that kind of, um, that kind of separation. Pansexual, it just doesn't matter. You see somebody think he's hot, they're hot. Exactly. Can I pop in? So, I'm bisexual. I like men, I like women, I like trans folks, I like non- I literally like anything that walks this earth, but- in that, did not I, hold on, hold on, I'll take it back. <laughs> I've been with man, woman, <laughs> beast, <laughs> child, demon, <laughs> and angel. <laughs> I'm not Jesus Ali. This is Everybody, not my coming out story. Wait, wait. As we near the end of the season, we bring it back to hey, the Jesus fucking Jesus Ali start. was just like a queer icon. He was just a bicon, dude. He was a parent. So like, why are we judging him so fucking hard? Oh my god. Jesus Ali is a bicon. My, my, let bicon, <laughs> let bicons be bicons. <laughs> <laughs> my point was, I, I can't even recover. I can't even recover. I like human beings that are above the age of 18. And <laughs> I'm an adult. Everything is fine. I like adults. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking at you, future Zach, to make a judgment call on whether or not we keep this. 18 years old. Calvin is 18 years old. Mm -hmm. No, you were 16. I was 16. So we were both 16 when yeah. we met and started dating. See, and then uh, you turned 17. This is totally legal this and totally, totally fine. Anyways, my point is, um, the, the the difference between me and Salem is that I am not gender blind. Gender matters to me in the sense that if I am dating somebody their gender is something that i see and i notice and i appreciate and i love whereas well that's not <laughs> I'm, what <laughs> i'm i'm not gender blind at all like i'm very attracted to women and i'm very attracted to men well, but same. i don't so what is pansexual? i don't even get when it I go, when I go and i'm like that is a hot person mm -hmm. it's just a hot person i think i think i get it i get it a girl or a boy or anything else does so you're, not you're, If you see gender, somebody, you're just attracted to them, and you're like, oh, that person's hot. But it's, the gender yeah, isn't like part of, of the attraction. attraction. It's not like I'm attracted to all gender. Yeah, it's just you see, it's like you see me. the blanket people, and you're like, that one's hot, that one's not, that one's, I like that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the gender of people is what pulls me in some, like, most times. Or at least, it's at least a part of it always. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. No, it's not a part of it at all for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I, I don't I, I don't fucking know if it's a part of it for me or not. That's okay. So yeah. so yeah, for, for all you, I just like the I like the bisexual colors a lot more. The Real. flag colors a I lot more. I love yellow. Yellow is such a fun color for me. It's a nice color. It's bright mustard. Mustard. <laughs> but um, for all the extremely heteronormative <gasps> people out there listening, I'm fuck at, you. Uh, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> it, all the heteronormative. White men listening to this podcast, which I imagine is maybe two, maybe yeah, yeah, two, yeah. and you're probably actually. I, I finally, yeah. Ex, yeah the XJW imagine, still imagine the attraction you have to to like Ryan Gosling. Imagine if you were actually sexually attracted to Ryan Gosling. I am. Actually I am. <laughs> well, of course we fucking are. Otherwise you, otherwise, you wouldn't be on the podcast. We wouldn't have brought you in here if you weren't. 
but <laughs> but I'm saying to everybody, everybody else, okay. who very straight definitely men. is straight men. Imagine if you actually were like, oh, Ryan Gosling, and you know, actual sexual attraction. Yeah. Drive. Drive. We it always like Ryan Gosling freak, is just like the metric, like. It's like it, it's what sets our barometer on like so many things. Like you know, we bring up Ryan this Gosling. This episode is like, fucking episode. You know, how many Ryan Goslings out of five is it? You know, that's it's five. I, I like exactly, it. but that's I like what, it. that's that's the by the metric that we we rate things here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God. So um, there's it's another thing I kind of wanted to discuss, and it was why is your water still here after three weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I, I should have thrown. I should have thrown that away. No, it's ago. so cute. That's it. Looks yeah. like milk. Talk a little bit about um, your your taste in music, Calvin and Salem. Music. Well, Salem is emo. That's true. Yeah. I am. My taste in music is an amalgamation of everything that I was raised on. So, I mean, you started off with some classic goth evanescence. Um, Fucking like, um, meet me at the altar is actually more of a pop punk, more really, yeah, more recent so. band. Um, is like part of new metal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, technically. Um, I was raised on Evanescence, Within Temptation, um, really crazy bands, and then throw in some musical theater if you're feeling fancy, and then after that, throw in some Weird Al, Jonathan Colton, uh, Stephen Lynch, classic comedy artist, Bo Burnham. And then uh, you we just, all love Bo Burnham. Here. Everyone loves Bo Burnham, but Bo Burnham. I have a very Molly's like. Never seen my partner Molly's not seen any Bo Burnham shit ever. I'm not really into Bo Burnham. I'll fix you it. You haven't seen Inside though. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah, you will be. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll be. change your life. <laughs> Inside is fucking great. I tried to show it to my to my mom, and she just didn't get it. Oh, man. Get it. Well, it's a very specific. Just made her uncomfortable. She's like, yeah. I don't like this. Yeah, my my music. Well, Molly is plays just... shit that I'm literally like, oh my god, you would love inside. You would love inside. Like you play shit all the time. That I'm like, is very much you would love inside. It's a good. It's a good movie. It's a good. It's a good movie. But yeah, I I my music is just an amalgamation of everything I've ever listened to. Do you have a favorite musical? Favorite musical. I don't want to sound like a theater kid. I do have a favorite musical, and I have to say it is probably Waitress. It's probably oh. my favorite musical of all time. I mean, like, as, like barring the classics, like fucking Charlie over here, Phantom of the Opera, and the beautiful, beautiful classics that everyone was raised on and made Broadway, Les Mis, and things Let's like miss. that. <laughs> it's just about fucking sexy lesbians anyways um yeah waitress has to be my favorite musical of all time for okay. sure okay mine's jesus christ superstar nice excellent choice and it is one of the only like old type musicals that i love and listen to con- constantly yeah because like the old shit like you know rogers and hammerstein and and mm-hmm. like guys and dolls like that era i i like them and respect them for what they are but i never find myself going and listening to them too, unless absolutely. it's a showing and yeah. i and i go see it like i never will put bump it in my car but jesus yeah. christ superstar i bump, bump. do you have a favorite musical zach no 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 not are there any musicals not. that you like put on and listen to sometimes not anymore have you listened to american psycho the musical no, no. 
fuck that's good green flag that i haven't listened to it or the musical is good no the musical is really good oh it's like actually very very good damn and it, uh, i have think you, have you heard the, the green day american idiot musical yeah i actually like it i you think like it's pretty it? good i think it's pretty good um uh, john gallagher jr it plays saint jimmy in that and i he's one of my favorite i love him he's in spring awakening which is my second favorite musical of all time damn but anyway, no, the American Psycho musical, Jesus Christ. Like, it, it's it's amazing. <laughs> the whole pit is like a drummer, a bassist, a guitar player, and a DJ. That's the entire, like, yes, musical pit. Dude. And it's all, like, it's all super analog electronic music. And it's beautiful. And it, it's so, it captures the vibe of the, like, 80s consumer culture satire. And it also leans into the comedy a little bit more, too. And it's just like, oh, and it doesn't have that musical thing of like, well, I, I did the, 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 you know, it doesn't have that. It, like, it's yeah. very, it's very weird and it's very off. And it has this like, eh. Also, Matt Smith plays Patrick Bateman. Okay. Who's Matt Smith? Doctor Who. He's, oh, he's the guy with the big shit. ass chin. Holy fuck. Dude, it's fucking amazing. And I think Brett, Brett Easton Ellis, the author of American Psycho, was involved in the musical a little bit. But Duncan Sheik, the guy who wrote Spring Awakening, made the American Psycho musical and it's fucking oh my god it's so good honestly I like I like the musical's interpretation of the story a little bit more than the books god damn it is the book. so hot it's in one this book. room it's a little warm it is it's, it's my, a little if, if I turn on that fan it is gonna just go <laughs> it sounds like a jet <laughs> here, here I know, you know what I, I know what I'll do I know, Maddie stand up spin Okay, stop spinning. Stop spinning. Okay, go uh to the fan knob. Yeah, okay. Turn it all the way to the right. Or no, all the way to the left. All the way to the left. Now turn it one notch to the right. There you go. That should kick it up a notch. Yeah. That's just going to fall. No, it, it won't. Just... I know that fan. It won't. Are you sure? Are you 100% sure? Yeah, I am sure. Yeah, it's not going to fall. I know that fan. I've slept with it like that every night, and it's never crushed. It has not crushed on me thus far. It has not crushed me just yet. I love you guys. I love you guys. You have your guavo. I drank it all. That's my guavo. Really? Well done. That would be. Well done. That one's mine. I drank it all for the first 15 minutes. Damn. Yeah. See, a true fan. A true fan slams the LaCroix. Salem, uh, did you feel like you got to know me, like, a lot by listening to the podcast, like, yes. before you ever met me? Yes. What's it like to fucking come into the room as somebody who doesn't, like, come into it all the time? And yeah, has only seen it through a screen. Is it weird? It is weird. I didn't know what the room was. I thought it was What's the one that we like created? In, well... <laughs> so you see, we created this. Room. We created. I thought this room. it was just like a corner in your garage, not your room. Well, technically, my room is a corner in the garage. Well, it's a separate room from the garage. It has though. a door. It yeah. has a door. Yeah. It has a door and a window. I'd say it's a room. It's close enough to a room. Yeah. That's it, a whole room. It's a, it's room. a room. It's a good room. It's a nice room. It's a good room. That you know, we create. <laughs> yeah, I think that about concludes our episode. We're at fifty-six minutes. 
I love you guys. And yeah, um, I'm flying me. back to Connecticut with Calvin for a week. Yeah, oh, my God. I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah, Salem's staying with Zach. Yeah. But, uh, we're doing a little swap. We're doing a little swap. <laughs> yeah, we're just swapping. All right. I love you guys very much. And it's been good. It's been good. Toy. We'll see you soon. Peace out. Yeah, Molly, what the fuck? Do you wanna do you wanna Oh yeah, wait. Yeah, one last shot. (laughs) It's like a Brockhampton album cover. Yo, 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 yo. Brockhampton. Out. (laughs) Bop.